Welcome to the SBA. We are the Small Business Advisors giving you free content to help your small business or uh, uh, if you're uh, studying the... Can I redo that? Because I just went off Love on the of business. Yeah. Love of business. Whatever. No, We're yeah. going. Uh, we are the SBA and we are tackling human capital. Now, can you give us the professorial definition and then maybe a pragmatic definition on human capital? Sure. So... Human capital is the asset that is associated to your business when it comes to team members and workers, right? So if you have somebody that works with you, it's in the uh, professor's world, we call that human capital. In the C-suite, it's human capital. Finding people, because it is a value added, right? It's capital related. Finding someone that can do that job and do that job right, it's capital. It has value assigned to it. So we call it human capital. The other thing is from... Um, uh, from a business standpoint, you want your greatest assets to be your team because without your team, you don't have a company. And without your company, they, your team doesn't have a job. So really, if you think about it, human capital, very complementary with the company and the capital come together and you thrive. You explode from a growth standpoint, from an energy, morale, everything else. So it's really huge to invest, whether that's in training uh, whether that's in recruitment, you need to invest in the human capital side of things. Well, I think that's such a fantastic point that you made about, um, you know, about recruitment, right? Um, you know, a lot of companies, especially right now in the current climate that we live in, and, um, you know, I think the Job Creators Network framed this up, pro framed this up properly, um, you know, we do have an employment shortage right now. Um, you know, em employers are simply not able to, um, you know, not able to identify enough labor out there. Um, but basically, what we want to make sure of is that, um, you know, is that when employers are recruiting, right, that we're recruiting the right people. Because what it comes down to is if you're onboarding and bringing in the wrong person for your organization's culture, um, you're going to have major problems. Um, you know, that individual, you know, you'll have spent money to train them. You may have to spend additional money to terminate them. Um, you know, they represent a huge opportunity cost and you haven't gotten any return on investment unless they've been with you for at least a year. Um, and that's basically just the economics of it. So the economics of hiring and re and recruiting and retention specifically and all the activities that are pursuant to that, um, it's hugely important hugely important and um, as far as critical functions within an organization um, it is the most critical function of an organization the most critical function is to identify the right people so that human capital is maximized I like that you brought up uh, being able to mesh with the culture of the company yes. uh, this is something that I had to redo the entire culture of the organization that I work for a nonprofit that dealt with children I came in and our culture was not great. It was very much uh, <laughs> us versus them mentality with uh, the you know the on-site staff versus the administrative staff. Uh, it was yeah, it wasn't great, and it required a cultural shift. And one of the best ways to do that was in the hiring process, seeing if they meshed well with the culture of the company. And what do I mean by that? If you're coming to me as a nonprofit and I'm hiring you, and you just want a job to have a check, and you're not really coming in here because you really care for the kids, or you really care for the safety, or you really care for the mission and vision of this company, or this nonprofit, I'm gonna smell that on you. If you're not coming here going, I, my passion for life is dealing with kids, I will know that within the first five minutes of that interview. And just by doing that simple step alone on the onboarding side of it, on the hiring side of it, I was able to turn the culture of that organization within six months. And you know, that's an interesting point because finding that culture that clicks and then how long it takes 
to kind of get your ROI from a human capital, it, it's $30,000 uh, regardless of pay. So if that person makes $9 an hour, right, or $25,000 a year, it's $30,000 per person you hire as an automatic expense from a retraining. Think about this. When you onboard somebody, what do they do? You have to spend time teaching them the policies of the company, teaching them the procedures of the company. That's six months, two times two people, really. So 30,000 is the lowest based person. That's what it costs to, on, call, uh, costs to onboard them in the company. So we have to be cognizant of that because if you hire 20 people, most small businesses, they don't have classrooms. Come and sit down and let me train you for three to six months with one person doing it. It's a one-on-one -on -one thing oftentimes. It's the owner. When you mention opportunity costs, right? It's the owner, the new hire, and that's it. And you burn through that cash. And I know Talia, back in our, our prior conversations, um, you had very specific things about human capital, mm -hmm. right? And the effects. I did. Um, the reason, it's funny, because when you work in a salon and you start to hire st stylists, now I've never actually hired anyone, so I don't really have experience in that regard. You're the typical small business. Yes. Right? You were, you're the owner and you're in there doing it every day. Yes. Yeah. That being said, though, I've witnessed other managers hiring stylists and bringing them on and do performing the basic interviews you get the education to get the knowledge and so on and so forth but do they really interview and test out their skill sets <laughs> mm, that's a good point you yeah. know when yeah. a lot of stylists or even other employees you know when they come out of school they know the basics the raw material basics you don't really learn and myself included you don't really learn a whole lot until you get into the field. Until you really sit there and when you're faced with a situation, you're like, I have no clue how to solve this. Real <laughs> <laughs> head scratcher at that point. <laughs> but you work together with it. And one of the compliments that my previous manager gave me, she's like, you're the only one in this entire salon who's taken the most continuing educational courses. And it's because I don't like feeling stupid when I'm sitting, when I'm standing behind, you know, my, my, my client, they ask me to do something and I'm just like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a deer in headlights. And mm -hmm. I don't like that. I rather sit there and be like, all right, well, I don't have a strong proficiency in this, but I know the basics of how to do it. <laughs> yeah, you bring up a good point. And, and this topic at hand is uh, pretty broad. Uh, I mean, human capital, what is that and what does that mean, right? right? Uh, but this is something that we could definitely dive in a little bit more is encouraging growth. That was something that I had to do at Boys and Girls. Uh, ooh, I named them. Uh, the nonprofit <laughs> that I worked at. Yeah. Uh, that uh, we constantly had trainings from corporates, from the larger entity. Uh, we constantly brought them to, you know, uh, all the training programs and got them, uh, you know, out of state or uh, at least out of the county just to uh, learn from others and uh, be able to uh, share individual, um, you know, knowledge and things of that right. nature. And yeah, that kind of encouragement for constant growth is something that we as the small business owners have to look for too. I mean, we may not have a national enterprise that is above us that has their own university above us, right? Pretty much every major company has some kind of training, right. something digital, some online kind of coursework. Uh, but as small businesses, we can do this too. We can 
constantly encourage getting new certificates or learning new programs or that, that constant growth because when you invest in your staff, they're going to invest in you. I love this. Indian River State College partners up across the country with, with companies that want their team members or human capital to grow. If your team grows from an intellectual standpoint, a critical thinking standpoint, a skill set standpoint, so does your organization because they can bring those new ideas, whether it's a, a, an accounting certificate, which is four classes, a finance certificate, four to five classes, uh, operations management, four to five classes. You can do it all online. You can do it face-to-face, -face, wherever you're located. You can get this information for your team and you can subsidize it. You can say, you know what? You grow with this company. Here's an employment agreement. We'll pay for your schooling or your certification and you stay two years after you get these certifications. Now what happens is they're thinking about problems differently. They're contributing to your organization as if it's their own because they're getting something else that's self-fulfilling, right? It, it's um, your self-actualization as Pavlov's hierarchy of needs. They look at that and say, I'm, I'm, bettering, whoops, I'm bettering myself because of my organization, therefore I want to contribute. Great morale booster. Oh, absolutely. And we had great success at the nonprofit I was at where uh, we were having a hard time finding uh, van drivers to transport our kids to whatever events they were doing. If it was a soccer game, going bowling, uh, a competition, etc. cetera. Uh, we have to have our CDL license for that thing. And a lot of our staff had no interest in getting a CDL, but up their pay, gave them a little more flexibility, uh, allowed them to act, because a lot of the staff want to go on the field trips too, like when they go to like Disney World or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. All the staff are fighting and arguing over who's going to Disney World yeah. with them. I want to drive, I want to drive, yeah. yeah. But now, that, that staff, a lot of them didn't have that argument anymore, because like, hey, I'm the only one that has the CDL, so I'm guaranteed I'm going. Yeah, that kind right. of thing. Uh, so yeah, absolutely, it can have tremendous results. So what you're doing is you're just, you're maximizing the potential that your employees have. Um, and that's a word that I really want to drive home when it comes to this specific topic is the you know is the word potential um i've never I, I've, I've never hired someone who i didn't see potential in for growth um and for so many organizations especially if you're you know especially if you're on the upside of your, you know you're upside you're on the upside of your business curve right um you know you want to be hiring people who are going to become your future leaders otherwise why are you making the investment um and that's such an important point to remember is that um you know is that your recruiters need to be screening for that specifically does this person check that box or do they not because if they don't then they're not going to be a part of your organization long term and if you're in it for the long game you have to have that at the forefront of your decision making process I, and i love what you're saying because uh, two i want to dissect two things one recruiters you, you know if you're talking about internal recruiters that's great which you are with hr recruiters when you're using external recruiters it's not truly uh, mutually beneficial mm -hmm. because they don't necessarily understand your corporate culture like you do. So oftentimes, you right. want to recruit, we pay somebody 30% to bring us an employee. How do they get compensated again? It's not 30% a year for the next five years. It's for that one find based on their annual salary. So every year that person leaves. Why? Because they're in the recruiter's database. Recruiter calls them and then sends them out to another job so they can get paid on it again. But here's the other thing I wanted to bring up. So I just had a touch on the recruiting thing because it was driving me crazy. But um, <laughs> when, when you're talking human capital, pay, when you look at all surveys and studies, pay is not the first, second, or third item on the list. 
They want to know their self-actualization. Rob mm -hmm. wants to know that he can improve his life on wherever he's at, right? Not just benefits, health insurance, 401k, but he wants to know that he's going to get something out of it. He also wants that pat on the back. Yep. Meet with your team and tell your team specifically, hey, I love that you show up to work every single day. I love that you care. I love the way that you contribute to our our culture, our company, improving our company and growing our company. I love how you do that. We really appreciate having you here. Mean it sincerely, that has more value than than the dollar that they're getting paid per hour. Earlier we talked about my AFI framework, right? right. Accountability, freedom, fun, and inspiration. Yeah. Um, and this goes back to, you know, this goes back to that specific thing. Um, a pat on the back is absolutely essential. Um, there's no way that, um, you know, there's no way that a day should go by in any organization where someone is not, uh, you know, where someone is not feeling as though they've been congratulated for the good things that they're doing. Um, you know, a culture of accountability actually starts with a culture of inspiration. Uh, because if you, because if your people are inspired to come to work every day and give it a thousand percent, the likelihood that you're going to have to engage in documented accountability is very small. That's why I said, you know, earlier in, you know, in, in a previous episode, I've probably written up 15 to 20 people over the course of you know the 12 years that I've been on uh, um, the 12 years that I've been in uh, any level of management and it's simply by setting parameters and also at the same time showing people that hey you know what you're loved you know if it's you're like doing a great job I'm going to make sure that not only do you know that but I'm also going to shout it from the mountaintops so that those around you notice it as well so that you are first and foremost in line for the next available opportunity because that's what human capital is about is opportunity right we can't optimize human capital without opportunity and potential and the interplay between those two factors absolutely and to be able to do this on a, a scale as a small business owner it's very easy to do this a lot of businesses already have uh you know staff meetings weekly staff meetings it's very simple here's one of the tools i used for changing the culture at the nonprofit i worked at all of my weekly staff meetings i brought in coffee donuts water and uh you know fruit or anything else for those who don't want to eat donuts or carb heavy stuff which just doing that alone improved morale tremendously because most people don't want to go into a you know into a staff meeting they think it's a waste of time that kind of thing so by getting them in already with something positive and then reinforcing that positivity by identifying something that someone did and going hey Ryan, I really like that how you closed that deal on Tuesday. Uh, everyone, give Ryan a clap, you know, a round of applause, that kind of thing. It is so easy to give people recognition that uh, it, we should be doing it more. Sure. And I think that's a good way to wrap it up. I think so too. All right, and with that, we are the small business advisors giving you free advice. Uh, please, oh, thank you for like, sharing, and subscribing. Uh, please comment <laughs> down below on uh, this very topic or any other topics that you would like to see us cover in the future. We'll see you in the next video.